0: Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3, unless a man is born again, now watch what he says, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And there's something interesting about the gospel of salvation that is such good news. But the gospel of salvation is the beginning of our spiritual journey. It's the beginning of, of knowing who we are in Christ and our identity in Christ But the gospel of salvation takes us into the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom is this. It's learning how to allow Jesus' rule, his reign, his authority, and his word to come alive in our lives. And see, you can't do that in and of yourself. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit opens the word to us. You read that word, or you receive that word from our, our Pastor uh, Phil or Pastor Daniel, and you say yes to that word, and then you look the, and you say, I can't do that. I can't keep loving that woman for my whole life. Those teenage kids, I don't know what the, what's going on. How can I make my teenage daughter asleep for 20 years and then wake her up? I, I can't do that. My father hurt me so deeply when I child. He doesn't deserve forgiveness. I can't do that. And you know what? You can't do it. You're not supposed to do it, you're not expected to do it. That's why we have the Holy Spirit that comes inside of us in our new birth. And the Holy Spirit is the one that says, Dennis, You just come to me, surrender, and I will empower you. I will give you my presence. I will give you my purity of motive. I will give you my power to live this life out. And that's so good. See, I'm not expected to live the Christian life. Please don't let just that phrase get out there but the Holy Spirit can live the life of Jesus through me. I can't forgive. I can't have pure motives all the time. I can't have purity, sexual thoughts all the time. I can't be financially stable all the time. I can't, I can't, I can't. But God can, by his Spirit, through me, become all these things. And he just says, Dennis, just surrender. And so today... I am absolutely thrilled to talk to you about financial health. And I talk to you from a position of weakness, not from a position of togetherness, from a position of just trying to look in the word with you and for us as Christ followers to try to discover what the word of God says about financial wellness and financial health so that you and I can be whole and complete. But before we do that, would you join hands with the person next to you? And let's just pray. God, you are so wonderful and kind and gracious and loving. And you've given us your word. Thank you for that. And you've given us that abundant provision of grace and goodness and and, and righteousness. And you've given us your spirit to give us your presence and your power and your purity of motive. You've done so much for us. And so now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you teach us. Teach us how we can, as Christ followers, know your word in relationship to finances this week and next week. And then, Holy Spirit, enable us to bring our life in alignment to your word so that we can experience all the fullness and all the abundance that you have planned for us from the beginning of time. In your majestic, magnificent name, Jesus, we pray to our Father by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Look at the scripture in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. It says this. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. Yes, it did. How much more will those who receive the abundance of grace, receive that grace, receive that abundance of grace, that free gift of righteousness, how much more will you be a loser in life by following Jesus? How much more will you be defeated in life by following Jesus? How much more will your life be messed up if the word of God becomes real in you? No, it says, how much more, if you receive the abundance of grace, watch this, if you receive this free gift of righteousness, how much more will you, what's that next word? Say it louder. Reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ. See, that's our destiny. That's our purpose is that Jesus wells up in us by the Holy Spirit, and we reign in life through that. And in my experience, in my own personal life, Brittany and I in our own personal life in the beginning of our marriage, financial difficulties brings great depression and struggle and defeat. Look at these statistics. 78% Ameri- of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. I absolutely know what that feels like. If you know what that feels like, please raise your hand. I know what that feels like. 90% of Americans buy things they can't afford. Oh, that's me. (laughs) That's me. Yes. The average credit card debt is over $15,000 for those who use credit card users. You know what the average credit card debt per household is? It's about 8500 There's a lot of people who don't use any credit card and do not allow debt to incur on their credit card. But if you're a credit card user, over $15,000. The average American debt is over $129,000. That includes mortgage. There's many people who are debt-free. There's many people who have no mortgages. So the average is $129,000 of Dad, does that sound like financial freedom? Nor does it to me. 30% of people have less than $1,000 in all their accounts. Less than $1,000. 95% of baby boomers, and I know this to be true, don't have enough money to retire because I is one. You know, I'm one of those baby boomers, and I talk a lot to a lot of friends, And there's uh, more and more guys are having to work till there's 72 men and women, 72, 74, 76, because they don't have enough money to retire. And Social Security, that $2,500 check a month, is not enough to live on. We don't have enough. Over 50% didn't save one penny last year. Let me say that again. Over 50% of Americans didn't save one penny last year. 3.2, and this is, let me correct this. It's actually 32 million Americans will will possibly face bankruptcy. About 3 million incurred bankruptcy last year. But about 32 million Americans today, adults, are at the brink of bankruptcy unless they get a hold of their financial situation. 40% of Americans spend 110% of their take-home pay. So that's us. That's our culture. That's the world we live in. So what is that producing in you and I? Well, first of all, it's producing a lot of debt. A lot of debt. And then because of that, anxiety and stress and pressures. And because of that, we have a sense of, poverty. I just can't dig myself out of the hole. This is terrible. I don't know where to go. I don't even want to mess with the bills. Right? And then because of that, oh my, the marital discord. Has anybody ever, no, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand on that one. But the marital discord that comes because of the conflict about not being on the same page financially. He's a spender, she's a saver. That's that's they're both spenders. Hey, see you in court. All right, you know, but that marital discord is real. The stress and the struggles. Oh my goodness, it's real. It hurts, and because of that, we have a, a lack of hope, and then that moves to depression and sadness. Can you see that? You know, I've experienced that in my life. I've seen that in my life. Brenda and I took the Dave Ramsey course, I don't know, 2007, 2008. It changed our life. It, 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 it put us on a trajectory of, of where we are today uh, and a uh, great blessing to us. But that's our life. That's the American consumer life. So what does the word of God say About money. What's the word of God say? Look at this in Matthew chapter 6. Dennis. Don't lay, Dennis, up for yourselves treasures on earth. You know, I look at that. I I don't know what to do with that. Do you know what to do with that scripture? You know, I look at that. I just kind of want, you know, but he's telling me, personally me. Every time I read the word of God, I put my name in there. It's not for you. It's for me, Dennis. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust, Dennis, it's going to destroy those treasures. Oh, I've got to hear that. I've got. If I want to get my life in financial health, I've got to hear this. Don't lay up for myself treasures on this earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But, Dennis, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. I'm not talking about how big your house is. Don't even care about that. Kind of thing Jesus doesn't care about that. I'm not not talking about what car you drive. I'm talking about where your treasure is. See, I think Jesus can be your treasure and you can have a nice house if you do it his way. I believe Jesus can be your treasure and you can drive a nice car if you do it his way. But he must be our treasure because if he is our treasure, then we have balance with everything else. He says, for where your treasure is, Dennis, boy, this is true, there your heart will be. And now watch this. He switches gears a little bit. The eye is the lamp of the body. So what I'm looking at so if your eye is healthy, Dennis, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, if it's filled with deception, materialism, and consumerism, then your whole body is going to be full of darkness, Dennis. You just, you just lost the battle. You lost. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And then he says this profound truth. No one can serve two masters. You can't. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Now look who he says, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Now look at the tension he says. Look at this next passage. You cannot serve God and money. That's a fact. It cannot be done. If Jesus is the treasure of your heart, if he's the treasure of life, then money is a facility, it's a resource that by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in your life, you use in healthy, productive ways. If he's not the treasure of your life, oh my goodness, debt is going to go out the wazoo. You're going to do things that you never thought you could do. But if Jesus is the treasure of your heart, you'll realize that you are a servant of the Lord. God, and not a servant of money. Now look at this. Our pastor, by the way, the series our pastors, Pastor Phil, and Pastor Daniel has been teaching the last. Thank you guys. I have been so blessed by learning how to just live healthy. Thank you. You guys are just incredible. I love our pastors, and and, and Pastor Jacob's going to be coming on board full time. And I, with with our student ministry, how exciting is that? But uh, that's a little side note. Thank you guys. Look at verse 33 of chapter 6. This is why our pastor shared, but seek. What does it mean to seek? Go after it. Don't be passive and apathetic. Seek it. Find it. Work diligently. Go for it. Seek it. But seek what? The first thing he says is seek the kingdom of God, his rule, his righteousness. His authority, his dominion, his word. Seek that kingdom and his righteousness. And guess what's going to happen as a result of that? Everything, all things will be added to you. Isn't that cool? Look at this in Luke chapter 12. And this this one, this here just brings a lot of conviction to my life. Someone in the crowd says to him, Teacher, tell me, brother, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So he said, I want my share. Kind of reminds me of Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, now watch this. Dennis, take care. What, Jesus? What do you want Dennis to take care of? Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. Yes, I, I'm trying to say that wrong. <laughs> Freddy kept on saying, say it right. You know. Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. Now, what does covetousness mean? It means this. It is an unhealthy desire for material gain and material possession. It is a jealousy and an envy towards what somebody else has and a desire to compare yourself to what they have. By the way, you know the story about the Joneses? Oh, did you see what she, I'd like to hear that. Mm-hmm. Did you know something about the Joneses? They're in debt, man. They're in debt. They're buying all that stuff on debt as well. So you're comparing yourself to somebody who's got a larger line of credit. That's all. But he says, Dennis, be on guard against the Joneses, against covetousness. And he said this, for one's life, Dennis, does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. You know, I have two, two people in, kind of at the end of their life, they're in their 70s, have chosen not to follow Christ their whole life. And they're just now asking questions and discovering that, and they've they got great wealth, and, 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 and they're just starting to ask questions. You know? And they realize, they're coming to the conclusion that the abundance of their possessions absolutely means nothing at this season of their life. It means nothing. So he says, for once life doesn't get, now watch this. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentiful. Now I want to stop right there. The land of a rich man, nowhere in the scriptures does it say it's wrong to be wealthy. It says it's wrong not to seek the kingdom of God. Believe me, I know multimillionaires who give multimillion dollars away. And I know people who make $40,000 who give $10,000 away. And they're wealthy. They're very wealthy. So he's not, the scriptures never teach against wealth. It teaches it against the mismanagement of the resources, of the talents, of the time that God's given you. Okay? So he says, the land of the rich man produced plentiful. And he thought, what should I do? Now watch what he does. I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build larger ones. I'm going to build this big monument to Dennis. Yeah, look at that. Wow. A hundred years from now, everybody's going to say, look at that monument. (laughs) He says, I'm going to tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I'll store all my grain and my goods, and I'll say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid out for many years, Dennis. Relax, Dennis. Eat, Dennis. Drink, Dennis. Be merry. But God said to Dennis, you fool. This night, your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Folks, if I could say in one message about financial wealth, if you're rich toward God, If you're rich towards God, it's all going to come together. When I find myself in most in my life, when I look back at my financial desperation at different times, it's at those seasons of of my life. I was not rich towards God. I was rich towards myself. My wanter went off the scale. (laughs) I just wanted. I wanted. I wanted. I wanted. I wanted. I wanted, it, and I was not rich towards God. Now, so, let me share with you just five or six things off the cuff of what does it look like to be rich towards God. May I? Thank you. Number one, to be rich towards God means that Jesus Christ is the one treasure of my life, and every penny I spend, all on my wealth, I want him to realize that I know it's his wealth and that I want him to be glorified through my money. You get it? I want him to be honored through the way I spend money. I want him to recognize and empower me to know his will about about finances and to submit that. That's number one. He's glorified through it. Isn't he my treasure. Isn't he the one? In my marriage, I want him to be glorified. In my relationship to my adult children, I want him to be glorified. In my relationship to my grandchildren, I want him to be glorified. In my relationship with my peers, I want him to be glorified. And also in my relationship to my treasures on this earth, I want him to be glorified. That's number one. Number two, Jesus said, my burden is light. And so I want to get rid of all let me say that again. I believe it's God's will, and I believe you're going to learn this summer for us as Christ followers to get rid of all dead. And if we get rid of all dead, I believe that you and I will be burden free. Look at this scripture. Um, this, is, this is Scott Puckett's favorite verse. In uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. Look at this. The rich rules over the poor, and he and I discussed this, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. I don't want the rich rule over me. I want Jesus to be my God, my Lord. I don't want to be a slave to the borrower. I want to be free from that bondage. Are, are, are we all on the same page? So the burdens that you and I carry, it's not the burdens of Christ. Can you imagine if all of a sudden I could snap my fingers and all dead in this room was 100% gone? Whew. Can you imagine the kind of kingdom life you and I would experience, and the way we could move forward the kingdom with tremendous resources. So that burden that so many people, it's not the burden of Christ, it's the burden of our debt that we carry, and that burden causes us to be weighed down. So what's the third thing that we struggle Or the third thing, so we're, we're not going to have any burden. The third thing is we're going to be free. And I'm going to combine th- 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 a few things. We're going to be free to be generous. At, at my last church at River Hills down in Loveland, one of the phrases that we said often was, was give 10%, save 10%, and live joyfully and happily on 80%. Okay, That's pretty cool. You know, and guess what we discovered? If people who follow that axiom, they live full, abundant lives and so abundance comes to the life jesus gives me blessings I, re, I i turn those blessings back to him he gives me more i turn them back to him he gives me more i turn them back to him he gives them more i turn them back to him and then it's so like i say, you're giving me too much that's that's what's going to happen when we learn these principles of walking in freedom financial freedom and the abundance that comes because of these principles, and we allow ourselves to be a vessel that the Holy Spirit can use to release resources into our world. Okay? We're, if we're financially free, which that's the goal, for Jesus to be my only treasure, not consumerism, consumerism, not materialism, if I'm financially free, now I'm at a place where the Holy Spirit can use me to do whatever he wants Whenever he wants to do it. Isn't that pretty cool? And so that generous lifestyle. You know what? i got to share this with you. A- and, and I want to share this with an, an all humility because I, I just. But my wife and I, we, we were able to give more money away last year than we made 18 years ago. And I'm telling you, that is not because of me. I'm saying that as a personal testimony of what God has done in our life financially. That is not because, don't hear, it is not, it is because by God's grace, this stupid man called Dennis, my wife already had all this stuff together, she taught me a lot. This stupid man called Dennis started getting in the word and started applying this word to his life and these things began happening over and over. Did it happen overnight? No, I just kept planting seeds, kept planting seeds, kept planting seeds and the harvest just started coming back to me. That's where we're going. That that is the goal for you. That's the goal for you in this financial health series. Now I want to look at, if I uh, take a glass of water, drink of water, I want to look at some interviews I had. I interviewed I think close to 25 people and this was a lot of fun. I just asked a lot of questions from all different walks of life, people who were believers, people who were not believers, people who are successful, those who who are struggling with what that means. And I just asked them the question. I said, you know, I'm speaking on financial health. What should I say to people? Just started asking that question. Why should I say? And there's three things of all the conversations I had. There's three things that came up. Number one is this. Tell people to trust in God And his word. Trust in God. Trust. Look at Philippians 4:19. It says, My God will supply every need of yours, Dennis, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Okay, trust that. Look at Psalms chapter 1. It says this: Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. I did that for years. Consumerism is the counsel of the wicked materialism is the counsel of the wicked. You know, and, I, and, and, and man, I just was able to flip my credit card and get whatever I want. I just listened to that counsel for years, and it all stopped about 20 years ago. Nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sets in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. I love the word of God. That's his delight. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not weather. And all that he does, he prospers. Do you believe that? It's true. That is absolutely true, that whatever you do will prosper. The second thing that came out, with the group, I think Greg Dolby started down this road with me. He said, He and his wife learned to just trust in the goodness of God. That God is good all the time. Look at Psalms chapter 37. He says, oh, taste, see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. He's just good. He's on my team. He's a good God. Look at what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4. Paul said this, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content." I know how to be brought low, and I know how to be bound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, and he says, I can do all things through through him who strengthens me. So he said, I've learned learned to experience abundance in all circumstances and situations, because God is good. The third thing that came out with talking to several people was this, is to give thanks all the time. What did Jesus do when he was preaching them, uh, to, to several people? He knows that they were hungry, okay? And, and, and he said, we have to feed them. his disciples came up and said, we have no food. Well, let's see what we've got. And what did they come up with, a couple pieces of bread and a couple slivers of meat? What's the first thing? Now, there's, there's literally hundreds and thousands of people, and he's got this lack. Gives it up to heaven, and he starts giving thanks he says, Father, thank you. And guess what happened? In the lack, he gave thanks. And things began abounding. And then there was plenty. And they started passing out the food. And they had more left over than what they even started with. So give thanks. Give thanks in all, all circumstances. For this is the will of God. It's what 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So let's, let's end with this. I want to just share with you some concepts from Dave Ramsey's uh, University of Peace seminar that I'm just encouraging everyone to go to, because it changed my wife, it changed our financial outlook, it changed our life. So I want to share with you some of the things he says. and I went in. Now I may not get all these points right, and I can't, certainly cannot go in depth about each point, but I want to give you an overview of some of the things he says. And not only does he says in this seminar through, through Brian's leadership, you're going to learn how to put these things in place in your life, okay? So the first thing he says, th- he calls them baby steps. The first thing he says is as quick as possible, save $1,000. As quick as possible, get $1,000 to get. That becomes your emergency fund. That becomes your fund that if the car breaks down, you've got some money. If the muffler falls off, you've got some money. If you need a new battery, you've got some money. That's your baby step number one, baby step number two, and, and and he he says it so much better, but I love what he says is is stop spending. <laughs> now you have to go home and eat, don't you? Instead of eating out, And <laughs> no, He says stop spending if you're in financial bondage. Stop spending. If you don't know where your money is going, stop spending. And then he says this take a 30 day test. And everything you spend that's over a dollar, write it down. Starbucks, write it down. The sweet tea at McDonald's, write it down. Everything over one dollar, Write it down, because from this, you're going to form a budget. And so you've got to get a handle on where your money is going. Doesn't that make sense? Where's it going? Netflix, write it down. Hulu, write it down. Amazon Prime, write it down. My 16 smartphones, write it down. <laughs> you know, my, my dish or our t- Time Warner, I guess it's Spectrum now, write it down. Your mortgage, write it down. Your credit card debt. Write it down, everything you spend, write it down on a piece of paper so that you know exactly where every penny of yours is going. And then from that, formulate a budget. And Brian, I'm probably killing this thing all to pieces, so, so you may say, uh, he, it's going to be a lot better than seminar, isn't it, Brian? So, but from that, you're going to be able to formulate a budget. And then from that budget, You're going to be able to get an envelope system where you say, we allotted $150 on food this week. And you put that money in an envelope. And if you spend $150 on Friday and you got to go to a Saturday, then don't eat on Saturday. Or eat crackers. I don't care what you eat. (laughs) You know, go to that cupboard that's got all these cans of food that's been there for 30 years. (laughs) And and, and open up that squash. (laughs) <laughs> that you know is there, and sometime in the future you're going to use it. Well, this would be a good time to use it, okay, on that Saturday. But, but if, that's, your, that's your budget. So now you, you live within your budget. Then he says, now we're going to start knocking off your debt. He says, write down all your debt. Take your least credit card and take every bit of money you can and put it to that least credit card. If you owe $500, put all your money to pay that $500 credit card. Then if you got a credit card that you owe $2,000 on, take that money and the, f- uh, the money you were able to save, the money for that credit card, and then put it to the next credit card, and then the next credit card, and then the next one, and then work on the car. By the way, you don't need a new car. There's a whole lot of $4,000 cars out there. Just saying, just saying. You know? And to get out of debt, you may need to say no to a car payment or to buy a car on payments. Because what he says is, get you a junker and take the money you're gonna pay for that car and put it in a savings and save that $400 for 12 months. Now take that $4,800 and sell your junker and buy you a $6,000 car and keep saving, keep saving. Keep saving, and the next year, sell your $6,000 car, add the four dollars or $5,000, and get yourself an $11,000 car. He comes up with incredible principles like this. But he says, start knocking off your debt. Get rid of your debt, step at a time, to where you, first of all, you work on your credit cards, then you work on your car payments, then you work on your student loans, and then the mortgage payment, he'll talk about that. He says, now, uh, he, he, has, uh, he, he has some understanding on mortgage payment. Now, uh, believe me, I want everybody here to be, rid of a mortgage. I, I certainly do. But after, before you work on your mortgage, he says this, now save six months of expenses. So if you need $3,000 a month to live on, he says save $18,000 so that if you lose your job, you don't have to go use credit cards. By the way, he says snap, snip, snap, snip the, the credit card. He says cut them up. Just cut them up. All right? And then then save that, that, that six months' worth of, of money that you need so that if you lose your job, you're still okay while well, you look for another job. And then, he says, you begin working on your mortgage. And, and this course, you're going to go systematically through this course, and step by step, you're going to learn how to be financially free. Now, let me say this. The goal of financial freedom is this, so that you can abound. In every good work. So that God can use you as a resource that he can funnel funds through. That all your talents, all your treasures, your personality, your charisma, your education, the very breath you have, you come to a place where you realize it's all his. And now you can abound in every good work and you give all of that back to him. And now this is the fun part. Oh, this is the part that Brendan and I absolutely love. You can live. This is his, his phrase that he says over and over again. He says, live like no one else. And then you will begin truly living like no one else. And one of the things that Brendan and I absolutely love doing is seeing God use us as a conduit to his world to bring blessing to people around us. And I want everybody in this, in, 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 in this auditorium to experience that same joy, the same joy that you can just be used by God to bless people abundantly through and through, that there's resources, abundance of resources, that that, that God just sees you as a vessel that He says, I found a faithful steward of, of my resources. So he, and I guarantee you, when He finds a faithful steward of resources, you're going to find resources coming your ways in incredible ways. <laughs> yeah? But he's called us to be faithful with those resources. All right. Is everybody okay? Yeah. Everybody okay? Let me share with you the scripture. And then I'll be done. Ephesians 3, verse 21. Our God is able to do immeasurably more than all you have and all you imagine according, according to the power that is within you. So trust God. Trust him with your finances and watch him do incredible things. Would you pray with me? God, you're so good. You're so wonderful. God, we want you truly to be the only treasure of our heart. We want to be consumed with passion for you. We want to be obsessed with your majesty. We want to behold your beauty in ways that all consumerism and materialism seems so, so small to us. And God, we want to learn to be like the man who you gave, the story that you gave 10 talents to and he went and produced 10 more. God, we we want to be that faithful person that you can just release your resources through and we will be faithful to allow to just flow through us to the world around us. So establish your kingdom in us and through us. And God, I pray for those today who's in their heart, they, they know they're in bondage. They're, they're struggling. It's tough. It hurts. And 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 God, I know the feeling of lack of hope, the depression that comes from that and feel like you're never going to dig out of this hole. But God, I ask that you touch their hearts right now and say, let them know that the Holy Spirit will help them to take steps to gain a freedom in you. In the name of Jesus, I ask this.